Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klaatu! Barata! <clears throat> Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzz in the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media. Max, I couldn't be happier with the way our website looks. So good. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet, you need to right away. These guys, website development, online marketing, they are outstanding. Am I exaggerating at all? It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend having them build you one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, look, they're the best of the best. And working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted 80s martial arts movie nerd was an absolute joy. Is that why you said the best of the best? That is why I said yeah. that was a tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor. They're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to. Uh, find their link on our website and check them out, Verde Media. Today's episode, it's an 80s movie dance-off part two. Last week, we started our top 25 countdown by covering the bottom 15. This week, we'll rank our top 10 best dance scenes of 80s cinema. So grab your BMX bike or strategic artificially intelligent nuclear transport, Johnny Five to his friends, and get ready to boogie down. I'm your host, Mo Shapiro, and with me as always, the Steel Town Girl to my Saturday night, Max Sanders. And with that, Let's dance. I just want to go on record saying Johnny Five needs to be in this top ten. <laughs> We're still fighting about that. It's a, why not? I I still want to go on record saying that the BMX high school dance on bikes from Rad should have been on Those the top are bike ten. Stunts. Look, we, if this was Tony Hawk's podcast hour, sure. Tony, I love that name. Yeah. Is that being used? <laughs> I, I love that. That's great. Uh, we we fought hard but i like the top 10 and i'm sorry that johnny five's not on it we all had to make sacrifices he's robotically perfect he is he is and his dancing was beautiful it was and it, was, it was to the bgs yes. you gotta love the bgs um but so was uh my bmx scene so we both had to give up something <laughs> <laughs> you love the the raspberry yeah um, robot second raspberry that's a, raspberry. that's a podcast name <laughs> max to to our friends out there welcome back and I'm excited. I really, I loved this topic and last week was exciting when we did the first 15, but I think you and I both were kind of just buying time to get to the top 10. So looking at 25 through 11, they're not dance movies. These are like hardcore in your face. I think the only one from the top 25 that we've done so far, fame was the only like, fame. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
it's Everyone our list. Seen. And, and that's a good point. It's our list. We This goes back to like you and I get to do what we want because we're in charge. Yeah, but it's like a richer structure with these ones. The top 10 are the top 10. Unassailable. Yeah, yeah you can't. You can't well, there's okay. a couple on the top 10 that people could probably argue, but the majority of them. But it's again, we're not we're not going to like IMDb and saying, what's your list? Like, this is our list. Yeah, I just wanted the movies that made me feel good. Yeah, see, yeah. there you go. And we're all, I'm all about making you feel good. That makes me That's happy. Creepy. You're happy. I'm happy. <laughs> I don't like Super that. Super creepy. Uh, do you feel good? I, do you feel all right? <laughs> I want to jump. I want to jump right into it. We'll do something too. Now that we're doing ten instead of fifteen, um, I think we'll add a little bit of the scene. Little uh, leg room. We'll have a little Stretch bit of music. Out first class. I want people's emotions to be lit on fire the way that yours and mine were when we were watching these scenes. So we'll give them a little music, a little, little something, a little taste. Yeah. You want to get the toes tapping, you know, I like that. Yeah. Wow. The toe tap is such a universal sign that it's you, can you do struck the right chord. That's my, that's my dance move. I love toe it. Tap. I love it. Uh, so Max, I don't want to, I don't want to play in the sandlot anymore. Let's get to the party. Let's do it. All right. So coming in at number 10, a little movie from 1985 called Pee Wee's Big Adventure. This movie is so delightfully weird. It's Tim Burton. Did <laughs> it you know is. That? Oh, well, not only is it Tim Burton, but the story behind it that uh, the studio what story? <laughs> there's a, the studio gave Pee Wee Herman a list of directors, mm. and he stuck to his guns. He didn't he didn't want to use any of them. And a good friend of his had worked on a small Tim Burton film called Franken something. I can't remember the name of it. Sounds but, like a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, and she was just insisted upon introducing Tim Burton to Pee Wee Herman, which if you think about... Kind <laughs> of melding of the mind. It, it's a total match made in heaven. And for Tim Burton, this is it, right? Like Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure launched him into Beetlejuice, yep. and those two combined launched him into Batman. And from there, it was like, that's his career. I mean, he, he could do what he wants. After that... It- Edward Scissorhands, that's where I end the line with Tim Burton, where I'm like, what? I'm done. Oh, well, you didn't see Big Fish? Big Fish is great. Oh, I do like Big That's a real movie, though. Yeah. I'm saying like Tim Burton, Tim Burton. Oh, oh Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, okay. you're, you're speaking madness, Tim. Sorry. You're, sorry. you're thinking dance. You're, <laughs> you, I got your mind in dance. I love everything Everything Tim Burton does, I love. He's yeah. so creative. He's so just brilliantly dark. So, yeah. look, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure um, – there's a ton of funny things about this movie uh, and we won't spend too much time talking about the movie itself. Cause obviously we have uh, some dance. To he loses his bike. Yeah. Well it's, it's so it, uh, the original script um, Phil Hartman and him wrote. So when, when he was really? on, yeah, nice. when he was on the show, uh, the Pee Wee Herman show, right. Phil Hartman was captain Carl and he also was one of the writers. And this goes back to their days of uh, what's the name of the improv group out of Chicago that everybody was in. Oh, second city. Yeah. I think it was, it was some improv group. I think it was There's second city. That, that yeah. Like big ones. I, you know what? It wasn't second city, whatever it, no. But Phil Hartman and Pee Wee Herman worked on that, I think. Paul Rubens, by the way. Yeah, Paul Rubens. Sorry. Yeah, I keep going on Pee Wee. I, I love him. I was him. like, do you know his name? <laughs> there are only two roles outside of Pee Wee Herman that I love him in. One was Blow. Yeah, where he's the dealer. The dealer. And the other was... Um, uh, uh, what about he's the fart Buffy, superhero? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, he was yeah. great in that. I thought he was great in that. The Ben Stiller movie, uh, Mystery Man. Oh, yeah. He was funny in that. You're yeah. right. I liked him in that. Yeah. I like Paul Rubens. Um, but... Ruben, Ruben as an Sandwich actor. as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, so, so apparently this is a parody of a 1948 classic called bicycle thieves. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. You, I'm sure you've watched it. Actually <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Game. It yeah. really wouldn't surprise me if you'd watched it to be totally fair. Um, but he, the, the whole movie is about, uh, this goofy, weird dude, Pee Wee Herman, um, who, if you don't know, he is, <laughs> that's pretty good. You like that? Yeah. He's on my list of people I can imitate. <laughs> uh, Jerry, <laughs> I can't do that. I can do the ha ha voice more than that. Uh, or the secret word, <laughs> secret word of the day. Ah! Um, I grew it's up. Getting, it's getting worse and worse. It's getting worse. Let's just stick with the stick of the laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, I grew up watching Pee Wee. He's his show. I mean, I, I before love my it. time It is way before your time. But in the movie, 
Um, his bike gets stolen by his nasty neighbor, Francis Buxton, the rich kid. He paid someone to steal Pee Wee's bike. And the reason, funny enough, the reason the bike even became the focus of the movie and that him and Phil Hartman kind of changed and turned things around is because when he was on the Warner Brothers lot, they used to give bikes to all of the actors uh, to move around on the lot. And it gave him they gave him this Schwinn that he became infatuated with. And it became the centerpiece of the script for Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Interesting. Yeah, I'm yeah. Always, I'm you are usually the fact ninja, but I dug hard. This movie on this doesn't movie. seem fact filled. It's uh, just like see a, a bike, a I weird dug, guy. I dug a I road dug. trip. So in his search for his stolen bike, uh, he stops off at a biker bar, more of a actual like motorcycle biker bar as opposed to a you know Schwinn biker bar. Yeah, it's a Satan's Helpers bar. Yeah, uh, what a great name for the bar, Satan's Helper. <laughs> it sounds like uh, Santa's that's, Helpers. That's, that's, oh, not, that's not the bar's name. That's the biker game. Uh, yep. his name. Yeah, yeah. Satan's you don't get Helper. the name of the bar. Um, and which would have been funny when we did our bar episode uh, that we recorded. This would have been a, a, technically a bar we could have used, the Pee Wee Herman bar. There was no name in the bar though. Yeah, but it's all right. Didn't look fun. Well, that's fair. But the bartender is pretty cool. He let him mess things up. That's true. Break dance. <laughs> so he goes in there. He's on the payphone. They're all being loud. He shushes all of them, which is great. <laughs> I love his confidence. I love the whole scene. Why is he so confident? I don't know, but the whole scene is incredible, right? I'm trying so to use the phone. They're like, they're like, let's let's murder him. Let's beat him up. And then under his breath, he goes, let's let him go. <laughs> And then as he's about to get the crap kicked out of him, he has one last request. And Max, that request takes us to our number 10 favorite dance scene from an 80s movie, Tequila. <laughs> Break dance! <laughs> what a great scene. Yeah, I just love that he borrows the platform shoes from, from the cook. The, from the cook. Yeah, yeah. Why is, the cook, why is the cook wearing platform white shoes? I love that he drops a foot of his height when he takes it <laughs> off. Um, but yeah, I mean, he gets up on the bar and is this he, called the Pee Wee dance? I I don't. Is it called the tequila dance or the Pee Wee dance? Or is it like the mashed cabbage patch mashed potato? No, it doesn't have that kind of name. Okay. He um. So apparently, the first time he performed it was on the Gong Show in the late seventies. Um, but I guess the choreography even goes further back than that. When he was interviewed about this, he said that he was inspired by a dirty joke that his dad used to tell him. Did you see read no. any of this? <laughs> I told you, I dug deep on this. So the joke was something like, um, you put your thumb in your backside and then one thumb in your mouth and then you have to switch them. <laughs> What? Yeah, I guess that that's how he explained it, right? There's some dirty joke about putting your thumb in your mouth and your thumb in your bum. It's very Paul Rubens. It is very Paul Rubens, but the the dance is great. I mean, it's it's just you this song by the Champs, right? Yeah. Uh, tequila by the Champs. It's my go-to uh, karaoke song because it's only one word. There's only one word. Yeah. That's a great karaoke song. <laughs> I think the way that you would defend this as being one of the greatest dance scenes and why it made our top ten list when you and I were talking about it is if you play a song. And everybody in the world knows that song right. from one dance. Yep. That's that's pretty powerful. Yeah, and he wins over the biker gang. They're he all does. buddies. Especially yeah. when he gets up on his toes and he's yeah. doing that move as that's well. That's impressive. He Very impressive. Did that? Yeah. That's like ballerina uh, type stuff. Well, probably easier with those platform shoes on, but I agree. Yeah, there was probably something mechanical in them that let him. <laughs> you do mean that. like uh Michael Jackson when he not not thriller, remember they showed the how he did the lean forward thing? No, I still believe shoes? he did that actually. Okay, well yeah. that's nothing wrong with believing in magic. Smooth criminal. I love it. Uh so this this is our number ten. It's fitting. It's a great dance scene. The face makes it too. His confidence in his face. He's yeah. got like the pursed jaw, and he's like looking. It's Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, it's Pee Wee Herman. Man, he's on a mission to go find his bike, and yeah. nothing's gonna get in his way. Yeah, I don't train monkeys. I make them. <laughs> is that what it is? Or I don't make monkeys. I train them. Yeah, I don't make monkeys. I train them. That one but I like yours. Sense. No, I actually <laughs> liked yours better. It was good. <laughs> so that covers our number ten. Uh, great pick. 
not not Johnny Five, not a BMX scene, but I'm I'm living with. We're it. still not in dance movie zone. Yet. I said there's a couple we're in the adjacent. top ten. We're yeah. adjacent. We're close. There were a couple in the top ten yeah. that you and I both agreed. This is one of them, but I love this, and I'm glad you and I agreed to this one. Um, this now takes us to a true dance scene in this in the truest sense, and our number nine pick. Oh yeah, Ed, this is great because <laughs> this movie also. I feel like this is something you and I would have done when we were in high school, but we'll talk about that in a minute. The 1987 romantic comedy Can't Buy Me Love. Ronald Miller. Good old Ronnie. Lawnmower Man, the first edition. Yeah, I was going to say, care of Lawnmower Man. I was like, no, this is not the Stephen King one. Uh, so this is this movie is everything. This is such, if I didn't know better, wouldn't you think you'd close your eyes and it's a John Hughes movie? Exactly. Like, it Absolutely. just feels like a John Hughes movie. Yeah. Um, it's not. Just I don't check. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the parents, underrated parents. Very much so. So uh, Ronald Miller is your classic high school nerd. Who, Who's fantastic looking, by oh, the way. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, he's this pa- is, she's all that. Patrick Dempsey, right? Yeah. Like, he's, he's how do how is, how is this guy not cool? Yeah. A lover boy. Is yeah. Loverboy an 80s movie? Yeah. Oh, we are going to talk Ex- about Loverboy at some point. Movies. Oh, Kirstie Alley. I love that movie. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, Patrick Dempsey plays nerdy Ronald Miller, and he covets popularity. Like, all he wants is to be the cool kid, have the girl. Yep. And the girl in this particular movie. Cindy Mancini. Played by Amanda Peterson. Really sad. You know, she just passed away in 2015. There's a really sad behind the story stuff. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't like to, drug use. I'm not, I'm like a T, I'm not like a TMZ guy. Like yeah. bo- bottom line is she was a wonderful actor she, yeah. or actress. She did a great job in a couple movies. So sad to hear she passed away, but, um, she Iconic 80s very much, yeah. very much. And um, that white, white suede that suit. White, oh yeah. my God. That's so, so she goes to a party, borrows her mom's, uh, white suede suit. Yeah. It gets wine on it. Was it wine? Yes. Yes. And she's in a heap of trouble. And Ronald Miller, who is pushing the lawnmower and making money, basically <laughs> works out a deal with her where he's going to help her pay for the suit so that mom doesn't know that she borrowed it. When he's knocking on the window with the money, it's like, that's cute then. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, oh well, you no. know, the movie, almost, the movie almost didn't get made because of the um, kind of the the backstory of it basically being prostitution. Right. Yeah. Like they they were like, it's a little edgy, but it's not prostitution. He hired her to be uh, a, yeah. a non-physical escort. He, yeah. He just wanted her to go on a date with him. So other people thought he was cool. This is the Splenda edition. This is a Diet Coke. Version. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but in this in this ongoing, you know, rise to fame and becoming popular, what he learns is that once you become popular everybody else reverse engineers your actions to make them okay yeah it socially shows you how popular is so fickle yes and just so random very much so especially this is the defining scene of that by the way i have to tell you something that just blew me away because i hadn't watched this in a long time whether seth green is the yes oh you stole it from me oh you stole the little brother seth green <laughs> he's so good that's amazing yeah. it's seth green yeah. i'm looking at him like oh my god that is a, that is a young what has he got to be 10 yeah, maybe nine ten years version old of chucky basically yeah yeah you just like being snarky and just Plugging people. He was great. Yeah. Oh, he was I great. Knew you would love him. I loved him in this. So um as as Ronald Miller uh is getting ready for the school dance, um, he has to learn how to dance. He suffers from Max Sanders syndrome. He doesn't know how to dance. Oh, the closed eyes of it all too. Yeah, oh my god. It was rough. So yeah. he yells at his little brother to put on American bandstand. His, yep. it, to be fair, his little brother initially thought he had put on American bandstand. Yeah. Didn't realize that what he in fact had put on TBS African cultural hour. You got it. Yeah. Where he learns the African anteater ritual. That's bizarre. Yeah, but if the watchman's doing it, must be new. Yeah. 
you know who choreographed this, by the way? Paula Abdul, oh I do. God, Look, I did so my homework. <laughs> I'm with you. I got you. Um, and it was interesting. They reached out to Paula Abdul because they were being very culturally sensitive. They didn't want to just have something, A, that was offensive or B, that was like, totally out of whack. Yeah, so they nailed it. She, she did. I mean, Paul, what is Paul? Paul Abdul now has made two appearances on our uh, first 15. We had her for coming to America. Yeah. And now we got her on this too. So yeah, this is when he goes to that dance and I love, he starts doing the dance and at first people are like, what's he doing? But because he's popular, people buy into it and start yeah. doing it. Yeah. And his four nerd friends are sitting up on like the bench and they're like, that's the African anteater dance. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, I mean, this is a, it's a classic, I, it, this is carried over into the nineties and the two thousands. And I think it's so funny. Like when these schools with these average children and all of a sudden some dance breaks out and they're all amazing at dancing. Like yeah. you and I weren't like this. I couldn't just pick up a dance like well, that. Well now with TikTok, I think everyone's a professional. It's right? unbelievable. I'm That's like, so how true. are these children? Right. Right. I know they're, it's so true. It's like, so I couldn't true. Two step. You're like flipping backwards. I, I'm kind of glad that we're alive right now. Yeah, and born we were yeah. because like I, I could not have survived high school having to compete with the type of stuff I'm seeing kids do. Nope. There's no way. I have a podcast making fun of them all. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're a more positive guy <laughs> than that. Uh, but yeah, this, this is a strong, number nine for us this is uh a great dance scene the whole school's doing it the, like the, arm shake above his head yeah too. Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely it's so awkward the hair whip yeah. up and down oh, yeah. oh it's great and the outfit too he wears like these giant jackets that are too big oh they're so over the top and i love i love too that like his uh you know initially his love you know uh cindy mancini um, who now at this point in the movie, uh, they're kind of not with Dane each the other. college guy. Yeah. A jerk. She gives him like the dirtiest look, like, what are you doing? But then everybody else, the whole school, the whole gymnasium is doing this dance within the three minutes of yeah. starting. You notice the guy she's with kind of looks like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he a does weird. a little bit. I agree with that. Maybe it's his dad. God, that's so random that you're absolutely right. That does yeah. a little bit. And also, like do you know Rico Suave's in this movie? Yes. Yeah. He's got a, a short part. I do remember that. Yeah. Do you know the name of the song they're dancing to? It's All Night Long by Randy Hall. Is it All Night or All Night? I just thought it was All Night. I know it was All Night Long. All Night Long, I think. All right, you might be right. You are right. Sounds it's Randy Hall. Yeah. All, night. all Night Long. That's Lionel Richie. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't think it's all night long. It's all, all night. night. Yeah. We'll go with all night. Whatever. Whatever. It's Randy Hall. Randy's it's Randy gonna, Hall. Randy Hall's yeah. going to shout Mr. out. Mr. Randy Watson Hall. It's a different Randy. All right. Any Randy in any 80s movie is Randy Watson, Fine. just so we're clear. Uh, and that covers our number nine uh, and a, a solid number nine by all accounts. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Max. I think it's our first time talking about Can't Buy Me Love on the podcast. Well, we're going to have to spend more time talking right about now, Can't right? Buy Me Love. Yeah. We could do a Dempsey podcast and talk about his work in the 80s, which might is there anything else besides that in uh, Loverboy? Do we need anything more than that? No, Loverboy? but like, that's a short podcast. Well, we could stretch it out. Yeah. We could talk about anchovies Heart for Heart Throbs, Heart Teen, th- yeah, our Tiger Beat edition. <laughs> Jesus, that's amazing. What? JTT? No, oh. JTT. Yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Sean Hunter, we love you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, number eight, Max. Okay. Uh, this this tickles me. I love number eight. Tickles you pink? I love this one. Red? Big time. Yellow? Blue? blue. <laughs> furry? Number eight, uh, a little flick, a sci-fi flick, right? No. Yeah, we call it a sci-fi. No. sci-fi absolutely. The Nin- 50s beach movie. No, you stop it right now. Um, the 1988 sci-fi thriller. <laughs> it's not Earth- the Terminator. Yes, it is. Earth Girls Are Easy. What a title. I, right? The cojones on the people that made this. Like, <laughs> it didn't age well. Was it Don Simpson just being like, this is what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> oh man so this this whole movie has bananas so, has, it's it's nuts like it's almost unwatchable yet totally watchable like it, it's, it's a guilty like, pleasure yeah. this is a guilty pleasure movie it's like a 50s beach movie but in 80s lore yes that's a great way of putting it yeah it's absurd um valerie love gina davis played by gina davis the movie is about this woman who is a uh 
cosmetologist? Is she a makeup? She's hair? a nails gal. Nails gal. Yeah. Um, so she's in this dysfunctional relationship with the doctor. Doctor Ted. Yeah, he's the worst. And while she's really ha- while she's while she's hanging <laughs> while she's hanging out, uh, a spacecraft lands in her pool. Yep. Uh, out of that spacecraft comes three aliens covered head to toe in fur. Yeah, Zebo, Whiplock, and Mac. You got it. Yeah. Not Mac from Predator. No. Not Mac and Cheese, <laughs> but Mac. So Mac played by Jeff Goldblum, Whiplock played by Jim Carrey, and Zebo played by Damon Wayans. Yeah, and Jeff Goldblum's so handsome in this movie. So bizarre. handsome. He looks bizarre. great. Yeah. I know. I always think of him being like this weird, awkward, like He's older shredded. Dude. He's got a chest cut, you cut. could I know. cut a steak on. A chest you could cut a steak on. I don't, I don't know where that came from. No, I, I would like to know what your cutting boards look like at your house. Are they covered with muscles and hair? That's a little bit weird. I have a picture of Jeff Goldblum's chest on my cutting board. Why has someone not made a Jeff Goldblum's cutting board? That's fantastic. So Valerie, uh, Gina Davis, obviously having a background in the hair and nail industry, uh, takes the three aliens to the salon. They get a nice cleanup and they turn out, yeah, yeah. they turn out to be these ravishingly handsome young men, Jim Carrey, Damon Wayans. Yeah. Jim Carrey looks like a surfer kid. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Whiplock, you mean? Whiplock. Yeah. Well, I mean, same thing. <laughs> no, it's Whiplock. Yeah. Call, call him by his given name. Um, and then Julie Brown is her friend Candy, uh, who she's absurd as well. Oh, so, no, that's the girl that directed it, too. Oh, it is? Yeah, she made the music. Yep, and directed, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay, you're cool. Right. I didn't know she was acting it. Yeah, too. she was the best friend. Yeah. That, like, is, is <laughs> the helping. Bl- the blonde music scene, it hurts. Yeah. There's a, there's, there's, it, it's, it's painful. There's a lot. So, they, the dance scene that we're referencing which is it's it's just great right so they go to the it's club so 80s. It's they go because what do you do if you have three aliens and you get them all cleaned up you got to take them to the club yeah hey baby hi why be with a zero when you can dance with a hero <laughs> yo baby why be with a hero when you can dance with a zero you take your open top Jeep and you go to the club. Absolutely. So uh, Damon Wayans, who I, you wouldn't think of him as like this dancer, but he was like, he's got moves. He was doing great. Is there a dance double? I couldn't find any research. I don't want to. I don't want to okay. know. I, I want to like, believe it's yeah. him. I really want to believe it's him. <laughs> There's some though. Like, so Max, just because I know you're still a little bit brokenhearted about Johnny five, not being in the top 10, there's a little bit of like input needed, right? Like the, the Johnny five concept that he's copying. Yeah. Yeah. He's these, these three aliens are, are, are soaking up as much input as possible. So Damon Wayne's is trying to dance with this girl, another guy, by the way, like every club's got this guy yeah. who like, not it, this, not this guy in no, the cream suit with no, the red the guy shirt. in the cream suit. He's no cover guy. No, with the <laughs> Chuck Berry haircut yeah. and the attitude and he's, the suspenders. He's no cover guy. He's unique to this movie. No, no, listen, he's no cover guy. He's showing up to the club. He's just out dancing everyone. He doesn't care. That look <laughs> is unique though, okay? I have to I've now said it three times, just so everybody knows, at the bar whose name we don't speak of because Max gets anxiety. Voldemort. Yep. There is a guy uh, whose name is No Cover Guy who he he drives a cab and we call him No Cover Guy because he used to show up at the bar after a cover was charged. And every once in a while, he'd get on the dance floor and he would be like this guy from Earth Girls Are Easy. He's so weird. He, he is so weird. Both these guys are weird. They would just dance up I'd a rather have this guy. Give me this guy. <laughs> I, if we get No Cover Guy in this suit, it would look great. No. <laughs> okay. Moving along. No more inside jokes. Yeah. We, re- we rarely have them, but I, it was worth bringing up. It wasn't, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's easier for me to enjoy it. So we... 
we get to this dance scene and this guy is basically like, you know, I'm dancing with this girl and Damon Wayne's character Zebo is like, you know, I, the, the funny quote at the beginning when he says, why dance with a zero when, when you, you can be with, be a, with hero. a hero yeah, and he repeats it and no, he repeats it backwards. Oh, yeah. He goes, why, why dance with a hero when you can be with a zero? And it's a good point. It's a great dance scene. And it, that's why it made it on our list. And it is everything. The eighties is wonderful. Yeah. It's got the converse spinning with the uh, smoke coming out of his shoes. Oh yeah. The, the music, uh, baby gonna, baby gonna shake. By yeah. royalty. That's I the love these the multi-layered clubs that are like neon and those cage with cages. With cages, yeah. yeah. It's got that 70s disco go-go feel, but yeah. it's also 80s music. Do you notice that Zebo, when he's getting ready to dance, does the crane kick from yes. Friday Kid? I did, yeah. I did okay, see good. that. Yep. Okay, yep, yep, yep I thought that was going to be your first thing to say. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to keep it dance related, but the crane kick was a nice. That's part of his dancing. Like it is, it is. Yeah. A little parkour, too. They were kind of flipping over Moving stuff. around, yeah. yeah. They were climbing on each other. It was a, It's a great dance scene. The fedora flip, like the fedora The fedora moves. See, that's something you and I could do. Work with a cane or work with a hat. We could do. I oh, couldn't are we do Mr. the dancing. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Get a monocle going. That's great. Mr. Peanut. You can't dance, but he's got a top hat. Yeah, you got me. Mr. Peanut really got me. I just, that's good. Can that be your Halloween costume? You and I, of course, Mr. Peanut. Was Mr. Peanut around in the 80s? I don't know. Now, now for whatever reason, I'm thinking of Orville Redenbacher. So one of us should go as him and one is Mr. Peanut. It's a very, very random. Oh, that's, oh my God. I, you know what? Mr. Peanut. That's fantastic. All right. Yeah. So uh, moving past Mr. Peanut, this makes our number eight and it is just everything spectacular about 80s dancing. Most fun Gina Davis ever. too. She's great. She's yeah. great. In this. She's usually very serious. Like the fly. And not Thelma serious. In no, this. Yeah. no, not serious in this at all. Uh, this takes us to our number seven uh, movie. The uh, 1989 Spike Lee joint. There you go. Uh, gotta say joint. Yeah, gotta say joint. Do the right thing on its own merit. This is a great movie. Yeah. It's like it feels like a play. I remember watching this. Um, I don't remember if I, if I saw it when it came out in the theater, because that would have made me probably only 10 or 11 years old, but a little young, a little young. But if, if you think about it, right, like if you're a white suburban kid and you have absolutely no exposure to like urban life whatsoever or the genuine social cultural struggles that are going on, this is a really good introduction to the world. We do an 80s podcast. We talk about 80s movies and we really try to stay away from anything controversial because that's not really our We're light. Uh, our brand. We're pretty light. But this movie is just as relevant today as it was in 1980. My family watched it as a group like a month ago, yeah. and it's like, oh, well, that still applies. If you're a couple <laughs> white, if you're a couple white Jewish kids growing up in the suburbs, this movie is a really nice way through art and entertainment to like understand that there's a whole world outside of where you're at. Yeah, Roger Ebert said it was one of the most ten important movies of the 80s. I, I, it's very well put by him. And yeah. I'm not always a Roger Ebert fan, but what uh, love Roger? I don't know. Sometimes he's a little cranky, but the. It's interesting. The reason that you and I landed on the dance scene. So just to, to back up a minute for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, it essentially kind of follows the day in the life of type movie, right? Yeah. With a bunch of different characters um, exploring the hottest day in Brooklyn yep. and just the kind of the racial tension and differences between multiple groups, um, the kind of urban African-American group, the yeah, Port Puerto inside. Rican, yeah, yeah uh, the Italians that own a pizza restaurant. The culmination of the day with um, uh, a brutality incident involving the police. So it's the, the the movie itself. Like I said, it's it's got comedic moments in it. It's got you know it's serious Samuel moments Jackson. in it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. the The entire movie, the tone for the movie, is completely set in the open of the movie. Rosie Perez, Rosie Perez, and her dancing, which is the dancing we picked for number seven on our list. Your heart, I know you got soul. Hey, listen if you're missing, y'all. 
Um, the, the, if you watch her dance, the intensity in her face, the 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 seriousness, the almost the violence to her movement. Yeah, she's not getting around. Right, and then the music. And fight right? the power. And right, as I say, the music like public enemies fight the power. It's just made for this movie. I, well, so it's interesting. I was reading an article about Spike Lee and what he originally was going to do. Um, so he was inspired. He went to go see a movie with his mom. Bye Bye Birdie. Bye Bye Birdie, right? Starring Anne Margaret. And at the beginning of that movie, there's a kind of this intro to the movie is a dance scene. Right. And he was going to do, you know the song Cool Jerk? No. Cool Jerk. Da, 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 da. Cool nothing, Jerk. Nothing, nothing. Sounds good. Yeah. So that's, in his, it's a it's like a 60s or 50s or 60s or 70s, not 70s, 50s or 60s pop song. Got it. Um, like a Scorsese Tarantino. That's how he was going to open the movie and it was going to be a totally different tone. And then they did the contract with Public Enemy almost right before they started shooting and completely changed it. So Rosie Perez shows up. And Spike Lee's doesn't give her any direction. Doesn't say you're angry. Doesn't say you're you're happy. Doesn't say dance really? this. Literally just looks at her and says, "Go kill it." Wow, <laughs> that's the advice that she got. Go that's kill dope. it. Oh my god! And, and she does eight hours. She danced for eight hours. There's Holy eight hours of moly. filming. She got tennis elbow from doing it for like eight hours. And is she your was video exhausted. All eight hours. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sure somewhere. Um, but she did great. I mean, no smile, totally intense. And it set the entire the stage for gloves, the film. Yeah, all that stuff. it was great. It set the stage for the film. It's a, it's, that's why I made it to our list. It's a, just a, it's a very cool, it's unique on our list, but it's, it's a very cool dance. Scene. Yeah, is there any other dance opener? Oh, on this list, actually. Maybe. Yeah. Easy, easy, buddy. Easy. <laughs> I in my own cell. I was oh, like, oh, man. All right. So let's move from number seven to number six. You love this one so much. You, you, you love this one. Watch this a week ago. You love Still this one. Still holds up. You love it. Uh, the 1983 romantic novel. <laughs> what do you even call it? The 1983 comedy action thriller? Inappropriate movie. Yeah. Let's just call it that. How about the 1983 This Is What I Wanted to Be When I Grew coming Up? Coming of Age. Yeah. Oh, that's it. There coming it of Age. Yeah. yeah. The 1983 Coming of Age. Uh, we got ourselves a little risky business. Time of your life, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's incredible. So it shouldn't work. It's really kind of Joel's Joel Goodson, you know, Tom Cruise's character, not the most likable guy, not the smartest guy gets in kind of a terrible situation with some ladies of the night, ladies of the night. Let's I just like call that. that. And through the music, the mood and just the coolness factor of Cruise, this movie rules. It does. I mean, so risky business High school kid, all of the anxieties that you would expect in high school, thinking about where is he going to go to college? Is he in the right after school activities? Is he doing the right things? It's weird. He wants to go to Princeton and he's got like a 1050 on his SATs and like no extracurriculars. Right. I'm like, what do you what do you think you're doing? He's, he's a hustler. He's a hustler. Right? He's he? trying. Yeah. I mean, he becomes one. He does. Yeah. So his parents go out of town. Yeah, they do. He... <laughs> Like, this neighborhood, by the way, is John Hughes on steroids. Yeah. Like if John Hughes had a black Amex car, yeah. you're like, what is yeah. this area? Oh, it's crazy, crazy. So he, his parents go out of town and he, you know, he's in that kind of fork in the road of being a boy in high school where you don't have the confidence and he, he finds a well, solution the with those jean shorts. He, he has well, he, he finds his solution. <laughs> his solution to his confidence is to go to the wanted section or the classified section of the newspaper. It's his friend. Who it does? was his friend. Yeah. Oh, that's Booger. right. Calls for Booger calls for him. You're right. Yeah. And then, and, and he, then eats the phone number and walks away. <laughs> he hires, he hires a lady of the night. Yeah. And, uh, so the, well, the, not a lady. Well, at first, not a lady. He eventually hires a lady of the Dude night. Dude looks like a lady. Oh, that's so funny. So he he ends up um, getting robbed, but then, uh, whatever, we can dive into the details, but the bottom line Lana. is- Rebecca DeMornay. Yes, Rebecca DeMornay as Lana, and he ends up teaming up with her because all her pimp, 
uh, played by the guy Joey uh, Pantoliano. Thank you very much. Guido. Uh, how about freaking uh, the so, Goonies? Yeah. Oh, he's back on that. He's from the Matrix. Yeah. Sopranos. Yeah. Ralphie. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a that guy. He's that guy. Yeah. So there's a there's a, a, a number of things that take place. The pimp steals items. A lot Joel, going re- on. Joel wrecks the car. Well, no, Lana wrecks the car. She gets her purse and takes it out of first gear or whatever. I don't I don't know how you use six, Jeff. Whatever it is. <laughs> Puts it in motion. I love it. Puts it in motion. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's great. You explain how it cars well. go fast. Hard Car- cars go fast. Okay. <laughs> So he, the the bottom line is Joel gets in a lot of trouble. He needs to make a lot of money. He works with his uh, lady of the night girlfriend and runs. We got to stop saying lady of the I night. I love lady of the <laughs> night. And runs a brothel party for all of his high school friends yep. out of his house. That's the movie. But the dance scene, the dance scene is. Da-na-na-na-na-na. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't ever do that again. The dance scene, we talked about earlier how there are certain songs that, like the tequila song, when you hear that, right. that solicit this kind of emotion. Solicit, all yeah, right. you like that? Like a lady of the night. Uh, this this song, so if you live in Michigan, you already know who Bob Seger is. He's the heart and soul of Michigan, right? Before Kid Rock, it was Bob Seger. Bob I didn't Seger, know that. Cool. Bob Seger, born in Detroit, moved to Ann Arbor. He is no Michigan. Oh, yeah. He's he's Michigan. Oh, okay, cool. I keep on forgetting that you grew up in Boston. But yeah, yeah, in Michigan, there's nothing more Michigan or more Detroit than Bob Seger. What about the guy, Ted Nugent? Isn't he Michigan? You know, he, I think. I confuse them. Their th- names are similar. He, he is. Nugent's a Michigan guy, too. And he's great. But I think. Is he great? His, his political <laughs> views make him a little more polarizing. I, I like Nugent, but, you know, uh, cat, cat scratch uh, fever. fever yeah. right, let's go back to Bob Seger, though. Real but bad. Bob Seger is, like, much more beloved, right? Yeah. Um, and so when that when that song comes on, right, old-time rock and roll, and Tom Cruise slides across the floor in his underwear dress shirt and socks. Oh, that, the microphone, the candlestick microphone. Oh, my God. Was it a candlestick or a trophy? Candlestick. It was a candlestick. You're right. Um, but you got to preface this too, that he gets to the stereo, he adjusts it, even though his dad didn't want him to adjust it, and he's humming. That was like, it, he's humming the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. go back one more scene, the frozen dinner and the bad pour oh, the yeah, whiskey. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's he's right. He's eating it like a bear. He's having like, yeah, he's having a whiskey, a whiskey Coke. <laughs> he's, spoor- he's spilling everywhere. Everywhere. And then his his frozen meal. This is this th- this struck such a chord with me as a high school yeah, senior, because yeah. like that would be me. I would have no idea how to cook or clean for myself. No. I'd throw a microwave uh, meal in the oven. It's still frozen. Yep. He's licking it like a popsicle. <laughs> and then having a tall whiskey. Whiskey and Coke in a glass, and the Coke's that on the table. Me. And and one candle lit yeah. at the table for him. Yeah. It was great. He's so happy with himself. I'm so happy you made me back up. You're right. Those Good. are great parts. Yeah. So the the old time rock you know it's so funny one of the things too that I always say about a good scene especially a dance scene but in general a good scene is that they get repeated right mm-hmm. so like I don't know if you were a big say by the bell fan sure but um they did uh Bar- Barbara Ann have you ever seen the AC Slater screech oh, yeah, and yeah, Zach yeah, yeah. which is a total parody of this yeah. you know they, but it's done all over the place like it's been yeah, done a hundred times done it a million times absolutely well Simpsons have done everything yeah Simpsons uh, did it <laughs> um in the making of this, it was great, right? Because they originally were going to have, so they told Tom Cruise, 
this is the song we're going to use, but if you want to use a different song, use a different song. Tom Cruise came back and said, this is the song. Wow. If like, Tom Cruise agrees with you. Yeah. If you give Tom Cruise free range and he's like, I agree with he's you. He's a little bit of a monster. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he, he was back then. Uh, probably a monster. Yeah. <laughs> he agreed. He picked, they loved the song. He originally did this without his socks on, but he kept on eating it and going face first <laughs> on the floor. So he put his socks Doing on. Sense. This was Mission Impossible before. There was another part where they had like a trampoline and he was like coming off the trampoline and like gymnastically landing as like the cut in. And they weren't showing him on the trampoline. They were just showing where he Where's enters the, the screen. They weren't showing it. They were showing basically him entering the scene of the dance, doing something more no, uh, I like gymnastic. No, no. They, they, no, they cut it. They didn't use it. They just used this. This was perfect, the, perfect. The shamelessness of how he danced. That's how I would dance by yeah. myself. Yeah. The he full, danced like no one was watching. The full body seizure on the couch. <laughs> so I think that's what I really like about this is that he, you could tell, like, I mean, think about when he's shooting this. He's mm-hmm. surrounded by... Well, there's probably like 50 people on set and he's making a movie yeah. and, he, and he just, he really gets into it. Like this, oh is, my God, this yeah. is him jumping on the couch on Oprah saying he's in love with uh, <laughs> this is the preamble. To right. That. But he, he was great. I mean, you gotta, you gotta love the scene. It was fantastic. But wait, do you know how he got his body to look like that? Like, I like don't. so he worked out feverishly seven days a week to get ripped. And then for a few days, he ate nothing but fatty foods to get like a layer of body fat. So he oh, looked young. All right. Yeah. Interesting. That's what I've been doing too. So that makes perfect <laughs> sense. <laughs> also, Ray-Ban uh, Wayfair sales went up 2,000. Yeah, some crazy amount. 2,000%. And then that happened again, too, in Top Gun. Didn't he have some like crazy impact on uh, aviator glasses sure, during yeah. Top Gun? That uh, yeah. Terminator. We need to get we need to get a movie where Tom Cruise talks about our podcast, and then we'd be making a bank, right? <laughs> well, yeah. If we're at that point, I'm retiring. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That's my mic drop moment. <laughs> uh, so, Risky Business, our number six. Max, moving on to number five. Let's do it. Uh, the 1983 sequel powerhouse sequel to Saturday night fever staying alive. Oh, geez. <laughs> Except Mike Travolta is always grease. It's yeah. never from any of these movies. No. Oh, geez. <laughs> you, you do young Travolta. You don't I do. Yeah. I can't do older. Uh, so if this podcast covered the seventies, st- uh, Saturday night fever would be like my number three or number two. I haven't seen it. Oh, I know. I know you're busy watching 80s films, but it's really, really good. Um, Tony Monero. Yeah. He leaves Brooklyn for Manhattan. Yeah, he does. And he wants to become a Broadway dancer. Of course he does. It makes perfect sense. Uh, this was this is where it gets awesome. Written, right there is written, awesome. Written, no, it gets even better. Written and directed by Sylvester Stallone. It's, it feels like it. It's it a music. Does. It's a music video. It's Rambo the musical. It's ninety three minutes. It's Rocky four, but as a dance movie. The the funny part. There's a lot of dance scenes in this movie, so we'll yeah, get to, we'll get to the one that I'm you. Very ups- I'm very I'm very upset about this pick. Why? The final dance scene. Oh, I know. Because you like the final versus I like the intro. Well, the emotion. His mom's in the crowd. I know. He I goes know. off script. I, he lifts her with one arm. I know. I it, He it, might be the most veiny, muscular man on the face of the it's, earth. It's a, it's a fair point. And and he's wearing I, like a loincloth. And I know we fought about this when we were talking about the list. But the reason that I love the beginning of this is because it, the opening scene of this movie, Neon Lights, John Travolta. Choice and now my chance is over. I thought I was in. You put me down and I 
that's the first thing you see is neon lights, John Travolta. And the song's by Frank Stallone. It's by Frank Stallone. It's, it's so his good. brother. Like, of course, Far Sly, yeah, Sly is going to be the one da, who's like writing and protruding. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Oh, it's the best. And Red Foreman's the dance instructor. Yes, yeah. you're killing me. You have all my Kurt notes. Kurtwood Smith. And just remember, Kurtwood Smith, forget Red Foreman. He's Clarence from RoboCop. He's Griggs from Rambo 3. And he's the dad from Dead Poets Society. Yeah. So he's just, he's versatile. He's amazing. And he's, he's just like, he's, he looks like he's never danced in his life. Never, never. <laughs> but he's sitting there just the choreographer, like pointing out what's being wrong. Yeah. But that beginning scene, it's, you know it's, Swayze's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Minute yeah. 51. Yep. I do. Yes, absolutely. Um, he, the Travolta at the beginning of this movie, yep. Tony Monero. Like if, if you loved the first movie, you're getting like reintroduced right back to him dancing. Yep. That's what does it for me. That's why it excites me. I picked the first scene. I'll allow it. It gets me excited too. So, I have kind of an ISO ball kind of idea. I all need right. you to clear out for a second. All right, all right. I've talked to my parents about this, my girlfriend, anybody on the street. Is John Travolta in this movie the most attractive man to ever existed? <sighs> he is it's handsome. It's the hair, it's the chin, it's the dance moves. He's got those dancer's legs and like this muscular upper body. I was I'm gonna make an argument. I was enthralled in I'm, a weird I'm, way. I'm gonna I make felt it strange. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make an argument. When Who's we get, better? And when, the confidence too. When we, when we get further along on our list, I'm gonna make an argument for a gentleman who okay. I would say might be more handsome. But he's there. Right? He's there. He's in the he's in the conversation. Yeah. Travolta's fantastic. Man. He's so good. He's so good because he's like overly confident, overly sensitive. He's yeah. that you know Brooklyn guy. Jeez. Uh, yeah. He's <laughs> confident until he gets rejected, and then he just goes nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you slam the door in my face. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I love this movie. The intro scene is our number five, staying alive, uh, fifth best dance scene in the eighties for movies. Yeah, don't take it personally. I've got to. There's no one else in the room. <laughs> my number one. Your number one. Yeah. Not our our number five. Yeah. Your number one. <laughs> that takes us to our number four. Oh, and... first we gotta do some commercials. Oh, that's right. Great call. Let's do it. We should. Let's boogie on over. All right. Well, here we go. Strut through them. <laughs> Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, sure. you're going to get arthritis. You're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all Sorry. natural. It's okay. Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. Uh, try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C-A-P-S-I-V-A.com. And uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man, and I need this kind of stuff. It works. is it's it's great stuff. Yeah, it's like Wilford Brimley and Cocoon. You know, what I mean, it's, you feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larravee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have. You've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah, Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was she was fun to work with. Uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. Um, she loves what she does, and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment, and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She can make anyone look good. Well, that was a lovely commercial break, wasn't it? One of our best. I, best ever. Best uh, of the best. Best of the best. <laughs> so number four, the 1984 sequel to Breakin', Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo. 
Who came up with that title? You know, this some brilliant mastermind. Everything about both of these movies is just so fantastic. <laughs> the, the the movie itself, absurd. The fact that they rushed as fast as they did to make the sequel. Like they started filming this the same year that this came out. Really? And this wasn't like a back to the future scenario where yeah. they were like lining up already to do like a second and third movie. Like hey, they the just, iron's hot. Strike Oh, strike they again. struck. Yeah. They struck. Is there a third? Uh I'm sure there's some like Breaking dir- seven. direct to like yeah. VHS. Stop the yard. Stop the That's a dance movie. That's a dance movie. Uh, so this was tough because there's a ton of dance scenes in the, well, the first called break in. <laughs> There's a ton in break in two. You and I landed on two. Um, well, let's talk about briefly break in one, um, which I'm only referencing because they came out so close to each other to remind people that there were differences between the two movie. One but, had one in front of the title. Right. One had two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, break in had no number. It was just called break in break in one. Um, <laughs> It's uh, it's about a young girl who's classically trained as a jazz dancer, but she bef- befriends some street dancers, and her eyes are open to the world of breaking. Sounds like Save the Last Dance. A little bit, yeah. Wow, I never thought about it, but maybe a Save the Last Dance, just basically a remake of Break-in. everything's a rip of everything. All right, yeah, yeah. there you go. Eighties did it first. Yeah, um, Breaking Two is actually inspired by real life events. Did you know that? There was a community center. There was, was a, there was the the Radiotron, a youth center. I don't know if it was called the same thing near MacArthur Park, Los Angeles. It faced demolition, but a youth director, Carmelo Alvarez, rallied the youth and community to march to the Los Angeles City Hall and try to save it. Really? Was there a guy <laughs> named Turbo? I hope so. Yeah. I want to name my kid Turbo. Turbo's a cool name. Watch him be like really slow. Of all the scenes in Break Two, you and I landed on, I think, the best one. I, I mean, you and I both It's the iconic one. It's pretty iconic. And I couldn't find this anywhere. The technology, well, let me let me back up and say what the scene is, right? So um, Turbo does a dance uh, performance inside of his room where the room rotates and he dances on the ceiling. Yeah, you don't know it's rotating. You don't know it's yeah. rotating. You just think that he has magic powers. It's like Inception before Inception. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. The yeah. whole scene is awesome. He, um, the finger push-ups. The name of the song, I Don't Want to Come Down, wah, wah, <laughs> by Mark Scott. A little on the nose. A little on the nose. Um, but Great apartment, too. Funky colors. Very cool. Very cool. The, so going back, obviously, this came out before Lionel Richie's Dancing, Dancing on, on the, the Ceiling. ceiling. Would have been great. Right. Um, but. Think he, he was inspired? I, well. I started kind of looking to see if that was the case, but if you even go further back, yeah, there was actually another movie. I mean, it may have even existed more than this, but uh, Fred Astaire, kind of the pioneer of, uh, I would say, movie movie dancing. Yeah, Yeah. Um, He was in a movie called Royal Wedding, and that, I believe, is the first time that this technology was used where he danced on the ceiling. They should do it every year. There should be a movie where they do this. It's really cool. Yeah. It's really fun. Lionel Richie's was really cool. Who doesn't love this stuff? But in Breakin', this particular scene was great, right? Like, because it was, Lionel Richie was dancing on the ceiling, but he wasn't break dancing on the ceiling. Like, this was break dancing on the ceiling. Yeah. Really, really cool. Breakdancing is now going to be in the Olympics. Really? Yeah. Um, I think. How do you it, judge that? I'm sure there's some way. I think it was supposed to debut in Japan, but I think things got delayed. I, I don't follow the Olympics that much, but I would be interested to see if they're going to reach out to some of these kind of iconic breakdancing names, whether it's from the movies or from other things. Turbo uh, dusts dust off his converse. Oh, that would be amazing. Ready. That would be amazing. But yeah, I mean, this. You know, as we're going through our list and we're trying to think of our most iconic and favorite dance scenes from 80s movies, you can't 
you can't do this list without giving a tip of the hat to break in one or two. We just happen to like break two's dancing on the ceiling the most, but I would say as a film in general, we'll call it one film because they're built like 10 days apart from each other. Are they good movies? I don't know that I would call it a good movie. It's a good, it's a, it's a guilty pleasure movie. Yeah, it's, it's like earth girls are easy. Like I, yeah. Um, but in the, at least in this, even if you're not thrilled with the story or the acting, the dancing is fantastic. Yeah. And it's fun. And we're about the dancing here, right? We're all about the dancing and that bass. No trouble. Uh, Boo. I don't like that. <laughs> Come on, man. Three, four years Megan ago. Megan Trainor, she's great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving from number four to number three, our third. We're getting to the top three. So this is getting exciting. This feels like the Olympics. This feels like gold, silver, bronze. Everyone else is very, just, very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I loved our picks that came before this, but we are now in the so, heavy hitters. Yeah. We're into the gold, silver, bronze. Great, great point. Uh, this is where I think people will hear this and they'll start getting like fired up and not like it because they're going to have some strong opinions. Yeah, but we have the right three at least. Well, we are always right, so there you go. (laughs) At number three, the 1983 underdog story, just a steel town girl on a Saturday night, Max, Flashdance. I have the biggest crush on Alex Owens ever. (laughs) This movie's great, man. Oh, my God. Jennifer Beals. This movie is great. It's so wonderful. Everything about it, it's just like, what is there not to like about this movie? It's based on a true story, dude. You know that? Oh, I'm sure. It doesn't surprise me. Does it? A welder turned into a professional dancer? Dude, do you know welders? I know welders. Do you really? Not one. (laughs) Not a single welder. Other than other than Alex, my girlfriend's dad's an iron worker. That's that's close enough to the yeah. same thing. And he's a great dancer. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, Alex Owens, steel worker by day, exotic dancer by night, dreams of getting into a real dance company. That's, yeah, she that, does. That's your elevator pitch. Yeah, that's fantastic. Who thought of this? Well, I love it. That's a real story. So I guess. Yeah, but who thought of pitching it? Marine Martyr maybe put pitched it. Did she uh, have a stellar story? I have no idea. Yeah. I, I think the whole thing's great. She yeah. she auditions for a ballerina company with no formal training. Zero. All she's got is the support of her boss who owns the steel company. Nick. Who's uh probably portraying what, being about 10, 15 years older than her? Yeah. You know Kevin Costner auditioned for the role? No. He yeah. would have been good in this. He would have been really good in this too. A little too rustic. You need someone more kind of like, hey. <laughs> Travolta? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, geez. If Travolta was in this movie, I'd lose my mind. <laughs> Be a perfect love, movie. You love Travolta. He would. He would go to the ballet. He'd teach her to dance. No, he'd go to the audition and be like, "I got this." Yeah, I'll kick her off dance stage. for you. Uh, so this is uh, Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer's first uh, gig together. No way. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe so. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And they. Yeah. I mean, they. What? What do they not touch that doesn't turn to gold? Yeah. You know? and it's Adrian Lyon too, who I love. Mm-hmm. He's really interested in the, like the form and physicality of people, mm-hmm. like unfaithful, fatal attraction. Mm-hmm. He just. He his visuals are always just the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the the way, I mean, so just to jump right into it, right? She she obviously, I gave you the title of, of what she was doing, that she's a steel worker, exotic dancer, wants to be, uh, get into a real dance company. So the last scene of the movie is her auditioning in front of this group of very stiff, you know, dance company very people. Stiff. Yeah. And that's why earlier when you were talking about tapping your foot, like, so she gets in front of them and she gives the performance of a lifetime. Yeah, but back it up though. She falls and has to start over on the record. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how these normally go. Correct. Like, they get so it right when out. that happens, you're crushed. You're yeah. like, this is a very formal ballerina school. They're gonna like stick up their noses and be like, "Good day, madam." <laughs> and two minutes later, they're in the palm of her hand. Yeah. 
like they're tapping their toes. Yeah. He's blowing his nose to the beat of yeah. her dancing. Yeah. Oh, they loved it. He was smoking a cigar to yeah. the beat of the of the music. It yeah. was great. They it was were great. they were giving away what they felt. They so and, and the, again, the great part about this is that she she does her audition her way, her way of dancing, some break her dancing way, in yeah, there, all the everything, some flipping, some turbo moves. It yeah. was great. So you know it's not her, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I don't like to think about it though. So do you realize there's a man who's doing the breakdancing part for her? I did not realize his name's that. Crazy Legs. Awesome. What a great name for a breakdancer. <laughs> break if break you dancer. slow pause when she's spinning on the ground, he refused to cut his mustache off. You can see his mustache. <laughs> Do you know what that reminds me of? What? Spaceballs. <laughs> When they had the the uh, the stunt doubles and the one for the princess and they caught her and he had a big mustache oh, and was yeah, smoking yeah. a cigar. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so no, it, it loses that. the, that's why it's not number one to me. Otherwise, if this was just her, if this was Jennifer Beale, then you would give it the number one. Yeah. You know, one of the taglines in this, and I don't know if this was written by a critic or if this was something that just was on like IMDb or Wikipedia, but it listed the city of Pittsburgh as being um, one of the. Uh, the co-actors in it. It's oh. like, it, it was like, cause it's, cool. it's such like a city of Pittsburgh movie. You yeah. Know? And also the music, by the way, Georgia Moroder again with what a feeling. Oh my I gosh. Mean, sung by Irene Cara. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a great song. The, the end scene, this is why we picked this, right? You can't watch this scene and not tap your foot and be like, this is incredible. So let me ask you though, if you have to watch one scene, is it this or maniac? The maniac scene for me is more fun. It, there's it, a dog on the floor she's hanging out with. It, it is. It's more fun. But when you think of, so this, go, I'm almost contradicting myself because this goes back to what you were saying about why you thought we should have used the last scene of staying alive versus mm-hmm. the first scene. The emotional culmination the of the scene. Of yeah. Like to me, that's why it has to be this scene. Also, they don't even let her finish her dance. She's running out. Like she's already won it. Like and, she doesn't do like the big closing move. You yep, figured yeah. she's just running out. Yeah, I got and, it. And then he's the there Nick. and he's there with a the dog with the bow around it. I love and, the dog. And the dog's great. Yeah. And any movie with a dog and then flowers. And then the freeze frame at the end where she takes the flowers and then hands one flower to him. Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh my God. Love this movie. You I love are, it. Yeah. You and I are so mushy. Uh, no, this is this is a strong number three. There's not a lot of people out there. Some people might move this to two or one or maybe four, but this is for sure us for three. We'll be three then. What are you We're putting breaking in there? I'm, oh, three. Don't do that. Johnny Five. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's fair. Max, you ready for number two? Oh, I'm so ready. So I feel like if you're listening to this, the minute we say number two, you have to know what number one is, right? You mean by a process of elimination? Possible elimination. Yeah. Either that or you're sitting there saying Max and Mo are so dumb. How do they not have this one? So just be patient, my friends. We're getting there. Coming in at number two, the 1984 small town big dream movie Footloose. Bacon. Caboose. <laughs> Spruce moose. Bees. Lots of bees. Max, on my knees. Max, Ren McCormick and his mom moved to the small town of Beaumont to live with Ren's aunt and uncle. Yeah, I do. And Ren's too cool for the town. Way too cool for the town. The he, ties. Uh, the, the car, his little beetle. So his hair is based on Sting, by the way, because he likes Sting. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. It's a very Sting-like haircut. And Ren, uh, the first people he meets are Reverend Shaw Moore, played by uh, John Lithgow. Lithgow. Who we, we love. Love Lithgow. Uh, his wife, Vi, played by the best mom in all 80s movies Diane Weist. Diane Weist yeah and their daughter Ariel <laughs> <laughs> she's under the sea dance under the sea yeah. is there under the sea dance there no there's none um so this whole movie this is a classic example of the the fabrication and lies of Hollywood that break my heart what <laughs> this whole movie they're in a town where dancing has been banned for how many years at least what like Nine, oh wait no couple years couple years at least two three four Ariel's years brother died yeah yeah, yeah. um yet yeah, the minute they get it back 
everybody can dance better than you and I, with the exception of Willard. Well, they've been waiting. I, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, there's no music, there's no dancing, and yet everybody there is an amazing dancer, except Willard, who goes through an intense training program to learn how to dance. I love his dancing, by the uh, way. His, the wrestling you, moves. So, this movie is about Ren's struggle to fit in in this new place, small town. I don't he's, know if he fits in. He kind of changes the town. He does. He saves the soul of the town with the help of Reverend Shaw. Yeah. And they end up having... Begrudging help. Begrudgingly. But he, he, yeah, he, he, he comes around. He flips. Oh, yeah. Um, because his wife. His wife helps a ton. Yeah. So dancing is outlawed in this town, and Ren wants to throw a high school prom, a high school dance. They, Based on true story, too. You know that? I'm sure. I've heard stories about that this is real. Like, there's yeah, all dancing was banned for 90 years in Elmore City, Oklahoma. Unbelievable. Until 1978. Well, that wouldn't have affected you and I. We should have grown up there. Uh, <laughs> it would have been nice. <laughs> it would have been fine. You can't dance either. I'd be like, I'm the best dancer ever. I just don't <laughs> want to break the law. Just don't want to break the law. Um, but they, they throw this dance. Uh, the, the whole movie is great. There's tons of great dance scenes. Like, we went back and forth. The dance teaching scene with Willard is my favorite. Yeah, the montage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, great. He's trying to like snap to the beat. Yep, played by Chris Penn, who yeah. is basically becomes Ren's best friend. And Ren says, look, if I'm going to go to all the trouble of putting this dance on and have to go up against City Hall, you have to learn how to dance. You know they smushed that into the movie because Chris Penn couldn't actually dance? That's not part of the script? That's funny. I remember something else, like he was a high school wrestler, so that's where his moves came from yeah. or something like that. No, his hands, like the kind of flipping to the side thing. Yeah. 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 So they they... They put the dance on, and this leads us to our number two favorite 80s dance scene of all time, uh, and that is the last scene of the movie. So good. So I know you're not the biggest fan of bringing up Kenny Loggins because he once was quoted as saying that Danger Zone, Highway to the Danger Zone was like his least favorite song, which is so absurd. Yeah, what the heck? I know. But uh, Footloose, he did a great job on. It was nominated for an Academy Award. It lost to Stevie Wonder's I Just Called to Say I Love You, which is a great song. Yeah, but it won for most confusing lyrics yeah, of did. all time. There you go. <laughs> well, just for you and I. Spruce Moose. Um, but Footloose, the song, the scene. The glitter. Like, the everything. The nonstop glitter. The stuff yeah. gives like a seizure if you look at it. I love Ren's it. face, too. He's just got that confidence. That yeah. kind of like, uh. They, he just got in a fight. They just were out, out in front of the barn or whatever, and they get in this fight, and the fight's over, and they run down, and you know, Ren's like, you know, let's dance. Yeah. And the whole dance scene, just the emotion of it all, the release, the, yeah. you know, it was, it, it's, it's just great. Well, no it's, wonder he had time for the facial expressions. He had five dance doubles for this. I believe it. <laughs> the, uh, did you ever see, I think it was Jimmy Fallon had Kevin Bacon on and they did a like remake of the entire scene. Really? Where, yeah. And the whole like never, ever, ever, <laughs> like the, the anger scene yeah, too. Yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to dig that up for you on YouTube, but it's pretty funny, which I almost thought we could have made the argument. There's a couple other scenes like that scene we could have put in here but nothing beats this it's it's like everything about this movie is that scene i love the anger dance though you do love the angry dance because who does that he's just got a beer when he drove up there with yeah. a beer and he's yeah, smoking cigarette. a cigarette yeah it's, yeah i know i know when i'm having a tough day like i just want to go home and and, and dance. dance frenetically well we, we can't really pass judgment since you and i don't dance so who yeah. knows maybe that works i don't yeah. know but, but do you know his dance double peter tram married Flash dances, Jessica Beals dance double, no. Marine Jahan. Oh, that's wild. Isn't that a power couple? That's so wild. Yeah. That's funny. Not the guy who was breakdancing with a mustache. Right? No, no, not All crazy right, legs. Sure. Not crazy <laughs> legs. Yeah. I feel good about this. I feel good about Footloose. I feel good about the song. This is our number two. It feels right. It does. 
that takes us to our number one. Yeah. And no to, dance that doubles here. No. And to, and to me, that's important. It is important I, above and beyond that. Like I have to just be honest, like in our process, was there ever a question that this nope. was going to be our nope. number one? Like, even, the, the minute we decided we're doing a top 25, top hundred, top, whatever. Like I knew what our number one was going to be with a bullet. Uh, no, no question. Uh, our number one, is the 1987 romantic summer camp movie. <laughs> summer camp? No. <laughs> Vacation camp? Resort. 1987 yeah. Cat resort. Resort. Cat Resort. Yes, there you go. Mid-60s. Uh, Early 60s. Yeah, I think you all know what we're talking about. Dirty Dancing. So good. Max, I... This movie I, resonates. I, 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 can, I can watch this movie anytime it's on. I can watch it any part of the movie picks up. Like I don't have to start from the beginning and I, I love everything about this movie. It's so bizarre because it's a heavier topic. If you think about it, it's a really heavy topic. Yeah. It's very, there's a lot of, a lot <laughs> of things going stuff, on. Societal. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's the, the chemistry. I, so I, calm down. I'm, I'm so excited and I want to jump into it, but I'll back up because again, I'm always nervous that there's some person who's listening who has never seen this movie. And if you are listening, since we're at the end of the episode, I will tell you this. Just stop listening to the episode and go listen. No. Go watch. Yeah. Rate I'm, and I'm, review no. us. And then. Fair point. Subscribe. subscribe <laughs> rate, review, and then go watch Dirty Dancing. So this movie is about a family that goes to a resort in upstate New York, uh, the Catskill, like uh, mountains, like Max said. And this family is a family of privilege, as is everyone Husband who does family. this. Yeah. And this movie takes is supposed to take place in the 60s. 1963. Right? There you go. And while they're up there, uh, Baby, um, her name's Baby because she's the baby of the family. And she is just comes from uh, comes from incredible wealth. Um, you know, she Dr. Houseman is her dad. Absolutely. Has tons of money. Lenny but, from Law and Order. Oh, Lenny Briscoe. Yeah. He's the best. He's the best. I love Lenny Briscoe. He's great in this too. You know what else he's in? Uh, he's the manager of the baseball team that Richard Pryor is on from Brewster's Millions. Oh yeah. Uh, the hack and sack, uh, bulls. <laughs> this is so random. <laughs> I know. Isn't that random? He's great though. I love them. I, I, I watched him in Law and Order for years. Yeah. He was fantastic. So they go to this resort and baby is not just from privilege, but she's like, she is the first woke character in all of film. Yeah. She's going to go to the Peace Corps. She wants to save the world. Like she, she recognizes her privilege and she has an idealistic view of the world and she is unwilling to cave to that ideal. So while she's there, um, it's not her thing to hang out with all the other rich entitled kids. So she becomes friends with the staff. Yeah. She carries a watermelon. Absolutely. And she, get and she sees Johnny Castle. Now let me back up for a second. Johnny Castle. A few minutes ago, you asked the question, is John Travolta the most handsome, the most davishing, wonderful. Davishing? Dav that's danger and ravishing. Yeah. Davishing. Uh, ravishing, uh, handsome guy. I, my money's on Patrick Swayze as Johnny Castle. Okay, Travolta didn't need to wear a corset. I don't care that he wore a corset. Swayze was 35 in this movie. I also don't care that he was 35 in this movie. You don't? Nope. Okay. He, in this movie, was... He was just, he makes me uncomfortable. I look at him. I'm like, you're a man. I'm not even a man. You're a man. All because he just dances and because he's got some Hip good gyration. fighting moves. He's yeah. got some good fighting moves. He can punch windows too. Which we should have talked about actually going back really quickly to Footloose. I love that not only is Ren this amazing dancer, but when he gets in that fight, he basically has like karate kid level kick and fighting moves. Yeah. Like, but he, he wanted to jump off the tractor during the chicken match. Well, he stayed on though. But he gets shoe was stuck. So who cares? <laughs> Sometimes things work like that. All right. So, um, <laughs> Dirty dancing. Uh, baby falls in love with Johnny. Understandably. Understandably. I fell in love with Johnny, yeah. so I certainly understand why she did. Um, but obviously, this relationship is very taboo. Uh, on top of everything else, Johnny's dance partner um, ends up getting pregnant by a waiter. 
And that waiter starts dating baby's sister. And Johnny and friends try to help uh, the dance partner out. Yeah, Penny. Penny, thank you. Um, she gets an abortion. And again, this movie is a time piece, so it's in the 60s where that wasn't readily accessible. I can't accessible. believe this was popular in the 80s, too, because that was not like a topic where it's like, it's, oh, it's, universal it's appeal. Pretty taboo. Yeah. Um, although, unfortunately, it shouldn't have been, but pretty taboo. And they end up needing help. And the, the reason I bring this up is it leads to baby's father is, is because of how the circumstances of the story went down, is convinced that Johnny is the one that got her in trouble. Right. They even use the words got her in trouble because they came and say pregnant. It's such an 80s movie thing that if one sentence of dialogue happened, there wouldn't be this misunderstanding. Yeah. yeah. If they just understood each other. Ask questions, yeah, talk yeah. to each other. <laughs> like human beings. Right. So baby starts having a relationship with Johnny. And while this is all going on, well, she used to learn how to dance so she can replace Penny. Replace and, Penny, yeah. exactly, because Penny has these obligations to dance outside of the resort. They well, do they need the money. They're not, they're not privileged like Baby. Absolutely. So Baby learns to dance to fill in for Penny. They The movie's great. Their relationship blossoms as Johnny's teaching her how to dance. And the Schumachers, an old couple, turns- Is it like Joel Schumacher? Is it the Schumachers? I don't know. The the couple that's robbing people? Yeah. Yeah. Is it the Schumachers? I just Homer. think Joel Schumacher. Yeah, it's the Schumachers. Um, cool. they So they- end up being this old couple that's staying at the resort and they are stealing purses and wallets. Grifters. Yeah. And it ends up that Johnny gets accused of this. And the only way that baby can save Johnny and say that it couldn't have been him is by admitting that she, in fact, was spending the night at his place. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Yeah. So even worse. So, so baby steps in and says, Nope, Johnny wasn't stealing. And I know this. And the reason I know this is because I was with him last night. To which Johnny gets fired anyways because yeah. he was with a uh, patron of the resort. This shatters Baby's kind of idealistic view of the world. Tell the truth. Be good. Good things will happen. And we get to the end of the movie. And every year at the end of this movie, Johnny, as the music and dance director of this resort, he always does the last song. And he puts a show on for everyone. And that's obviously been stripped of him because stripped from him because of uh, what happened with Baby. And he makes a scene when he comes in. His... The minute he walks in to he that is, show, he is a bull in a I'm going to tell you right now, the minute he walks in, every single part of that scene gives me goosebumps. I love every part of it. He walks in the door, walks right over, <laughs> right over to baby who like, like her dad knows that they've been sleeping with each other. Yeah. Like their family is in disarray because of everything going on. And he looks right at her parents and says, nobody puts baby in a corner. Were they putting her in a corner on purpose, though? Like, Who cares? He's very antagonistic. I, that's what I loved about it. He yeah. doesn't care. He's kicking doors open that don't even need to be kicked open. It's like open. you're wearing a t-shirt. It's like, oh, my God, I am. I'm yep. sorry. Like, so, so grabs baby, goes up on stage, says basically. He the song. And he's been fired, right? Yeah. And then and like he gets up on stage. He's got his leather jacket. And he says, every year, I finish out with the song. And it took a very special lady. And he goes on to like, and and this is great too, uh, especially because Lenny Briscoe, you can see like it, it when he gets up when he, yeah, like, so he looks at the crowd and says, introduces baby as Francis yeah. and, you know, calling her by her real name. That was too much for, uh, down for Briscoe and, and the wife, it's always the wife. Yeah. The wife is always good. Well, so the reason it was uh Vi and Reverend, Reverend Shaw calmed him down yeah. and he puts on the best dance scene. <laughs> Of any 80s movie. He is on fire. Ever. ever. Yeah. Pure fire. Now I had the time of my life. No, I never felt like this before. Yes, I swear it's a truth. And I owe it all to you. Cause I had the time of my life. 
When he jumps off the stage, every part of it. I mean, even the hair bopping. How about it just starts off slow with a little, now I (laughs) had the time of my life. I I don't know why this happened the other day in my house. I I was in the other room. Trish didn't even know that we're doing this. Mm. And she, we have like a Google home and I just hear, okay, Google play. I've had the time of my life. And it's just my wife and my youngest, Charlie. And I taught Charlie how to do the lift and I was doing the lift with her and it was the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. Is it hard? Uh, not with a 50 pound well, six year old girl. No, <laughs> with a full blown adult. I don't think, baby, I, guess, I don't think I could have done pounds. I don't know. I, it, it was, hard, it, it wasn't impossible. It was not easy. Um, this, this dance scene, this movie, this is everything, man. This is everything. A little, little classic dance, a little dirty dancing. Well, it gets the gang behind them too. Yeah. And also they preface that the cat skills resort isn't doing that well and they needed some like new invigoration. And this is clearly it. Yeah. Like, oh Yeah. It ties everything together because they mess up the dance scene beforehand when they're mm-hmm. practicing for mm-hmm. the penny gig. Right. Yeah. And the you lift. Forget, they couldn't do the lift. You forget about it. Yeah. Though. Like they, they did the dance. Okay. It seems like it's, it seems like it's a, an, a moot point because you don't even expect them to have exactly. to dance again. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, the, the reason we picked this as our number one from just a, from a technical standpoint, I think you're right. Right. There's no, there's no stunt doubles. This is them dancing, yep. which is really cool to watch. The, the choreography where the entire staff is kind of like dancing yeah. and yeah, like that's amazing. It's a feel good moment. And then just the, the, the enemies, the, the, the protagonists throughout the whole film, the people that didn't believe in them, they all come together and they're all dancing. It reminds me of Rocky four when, <laughs> when he stops the cold war, <laughs> when he stops the cold war yeah. and Gorbachev is cheering for him. Yeah. Like that's what it reminds me of. And it ends with a heavy sax too. Makes yeah. it very eighties. Yeah. Oh God. What a great movie, man. Yeah. What a great movie. Dance movies just make you feel good. They do. They do. So you live vicariously through it. Well, you and I, especially, because again, we can't. I think dance. most people can't dance. You know, we should make like our New Year's resolution should be to pick one of these movies, each of us, I- and, like, and learn how to do the dance. Oh my right? God. No. I, I think it'd be fun. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, Max, that concludes part two of our favorite 80s movie dance scenes. And it also takes us to our newest addition to the show, which I know you love. I do. The Buzz in the Tower Fan Spotlight. This week, we're highlighting Steve Anderson. Steve. Mr. Anderson. Is, that's 2000. That's 2000. Sorry. 99. Uh, the creative genius, and I don't throw that word around often unless I'm talking about myself, uh, behind the Instagram page, at Rerun the 80s. It's hard to say that. It is hard to say that. Wise. At like, Rerun the 80s. My brain went like, is he doing it right? <laughs> I heard an E, a niner. People have to play it back. <laughs> uh, this is another example of just this amazing 80s retro community that we've been involved in. So our fan spotlight, we take someone that we've connected with and we try to give him a shout out and we ask him for their input on the show. And uh, this guy, I mean, his page is just, it's my happy place. It's incredible. Toys, movies, sitcoms, cartoons, Pringles commercials. Yeah. He buys Pringle cans I know. He's committed. He is committed. <laughs> like that blew my mind. If it happened in the 80s, it's on Steve's page. Yeah. Like no question. Did you know there was lightly salted Pringles? I, I did. did. <laughs> you, wow, you're really into the Pringles. I, I got a feeling Steve's going to send you some Pringles. Yeah. So his backstory story is pretty cool. Uh, March 2020, uh, Steve wanted to share his love with the 80s with other 80s crusaders, and that's how his page was born. And these are his own words. I'm an 80s kid who never grew up. That is like the 
the greatest quote that, yeah. that explains you and I, well, me more than you. Yeah, <laughs> dear Casey. Um, so cool story. His dad owned a radio shack in the seventies, which he then converted into his own TV and appliance business that also happened to be next door to an arcade. That's like a dream. Like I a would, movie. I would yeah. literally go to work with my dad every day if this was my life. Yeah. It explains why he has Saturday morning cartoons on his Betamax. On film. beta. That's like, that's as old school as it gets. Um, so we reached out to Steve and, you know, we asked him, you know, could you tell us what your favorite or one of your favorite dance scenes from an 80s movie is? And shame on us. You know, you gave me hell in part one about putting a couple of my choices up there that you dream thought a were dream. a little soft. Ooh. His answer. He nailed it. He, he not only nailed it, he would have absolutely jumped at least five or six of ours. This was the top 10. Abs- oh, that's, that's top cocky. 12. I don't know. Top 15. <laughs> but it was still good. It was, it was definitely better than Johnny Five, okay? Yeah. So I won't let anyone wait any longer. I'll let you hear for yourself what his awesome pick was. Hey, Mo and Max. Thanks a ton for having me on your show. So I have to admit, I was a little nervous about coming up with a favorite dance scene from an 80s movie, mainly because... I am an absolutely horrendous dancer, and I feel like that should probably disqualify me from having an opinion on this. But I do have one that I think at least deserves an honorable mention on your list, and that's the opening scene to Adventures in Babysitting with Elizabeth Shue dancing to Then He Kiss Me. This is one of my all-time favorite 80s movies. I've got the poster up in my 80s room, I've got the VHS, and I have to admit... I had a bit of a crush on Elizabeth Shue back in the day as a 10-year-old little fella. And as a side note, I was absolutely devastated when Allie dumped Daniel for the college guy and was not in The Karate Kid too. And I can't wait to hear what you guys think about my pick. Yeah, I mean, that was a good pick. <laughs> Elizabeth Shue, come on. You can't beat that. All right, well, that closes it, Max. We, I'm so mad we didn't pick that. I know. I'm bummed Visibly too. upset. <laughs> This is this has been a ton of fun. Like I really liked this topic a lot, um, and I I think we I like where we landed. Even though you you only really had a couple that you were like iffy yeah. about. Other than that, we were pretty much in alignment. Dancing is a joyous celebration of life, so it's like how can you be mad about it? No, Max, you're totally right. Uh, it's there's just something warm and fuzzy and good feeling about a dance movie. Yeah, you know? um, Ecclesiastes assures us that there is a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to laugh, a time to weep a time to mourn and there is a time to dance. And there was a time for this law. Lo- now I'm just reading from footloose. I, I, I lost that's my a Bible quote? Yeah, that's a- <laughs> Our time Love now, turn. our time to dance is now, Max. It's now time down here, not up here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, uh, hopefully people loved this as much as you and I did. This is, I, I think I always tell people when they ask about our podcast, like, I think we have more fun than anybody else. Like I just, this is so much fun to talk about this stuff. If we do a second one, can we do electric boogaloo? Can we just name it that? <laughs> yeah. Like always Absolutely. sunny in Philadelphia did it. Oh my God. Electric boogaloo. I love it. Um, <laughs> Max, if, uh, if, to our friends and uh, followers out there, uh, if you loved what you heard or you liked what you heard or you even mildly entertained what you heard, uh, subscribe, rate, write, review. rate, review, uh, social media. I don't know if you guys are TikTokers. Uh, I, I got on the TikTok. I'm hip <laughs> with it. Max, Max, you've got some stuff on there that's had like 20, 30,000 views. I got 200,000 on one of them. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, find us on TikTok. It's uh, all 80s all the Mad time. Mad Max is up to no good on there. You got to check out all 80s all the time. And with that... We'll wrap and see you all next week. Later. Bye. You're still here?
It's over. Go home. Go.